Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our latest installment of the APIC Southeast District webinar series. My name is Scott Luton. I'm a volunteer staff member with the district, your host for today's session. Our district supports over 30 southeastern APIC chapters and their collective members, including offering professional development opportunities, such as today's webinar. Our session today will focus on some of the newer applications of technology in the warehousing and overall logistics space. We've got an outstanding speaker today and technology leader and entrepreneur, Colton Griffin, and we'll share more about Colton in just a moment. But as always, we're glad that you've chosen to join us here today. So first, let's tackle our ground rules. All attendees will be on mute as we're looking to optimize the audio experience. Now, with that said, let's make it as interactive as possible. So please do submit your questions via the chat toolbar. We'll answer as many as we have time for at the conclusion of today's webinar. Finally, a PDF of today's presentation and the recording will be sent out to each of our registrants after our webinar today. As I mentioned, APIX is your host for today's webinar. For those of you new to APIX, we are the premier industry association dedicated to end-to-end -end supply chain management. Our organization offers membership and professional development, a plethora of education opportunities, industry-leading research and publications, and widely recognized professional certifications. But more than anything else, APIX is about people. Our organization has over 45,000 members in over 100 countries. APIX has 195 North American chapters that serve a wide variety of key geographic markets. In fact, the APIX Atlanta chapter is over 50 years old and currently serves almost 700 members. You may recognize APIX leading certifications such as our CPIM, our CSCP, and our CLTD certifications. If you want more information on how we can serve you or your organization, please feel free to reach out to APIX directly or any of us that serve on the APIX Southeast District staff. We're happy to help. So let's share a little more information about our speaker today. Colton Griffin is CEO of WM Site, a core SaaS analytics platform built specifically for distribution centers. His firm also offers a consulting practice specifically focused on supply chain business intelligence and data analytics strategy and implementation. He's implemented business intelligence solutions for distribution centers ranging from 65,000 square feet to over a million square feet. Colton began his career in software implementation at Manhattan Associates. He then later led BI system design and administration at Genuine Parts Company. A degreed industrial engineer from the University of Tennessee, Go Vols, Colton founded WM Site to help organizations better practically leverage the incredible advantages that a sound business intelligence strategy can offer. And with all that said, here's Colton Griffin. Scott, thank you for having me today and thank you for APEX for uh, putting on this type of educational information. I'm real excited about where, uh, where things are going within the warehouse and distribution space. Uh, and we had a lot of ground to cover today in the webinar. Um, we wanted really in this presentation to focus on uh, not just what's it coming in the future, but what's coming in the next year or so. Um, uh, what some practical applications of, of new and emerging technology that we can put into the warehouse uh, uh, to help you know, our attendees and, and, and their companies compete. Because we see disruption being the new normal. Uh, technology, reinventing brands, uh, like new business models are disrupting every sector of our society uh, from retail to wholesale to distribution uh, and technology is a big driver of that disruption. In fact, I was looking at uh, an APIX uh, study uh, the other day 
that said more than 73% of the respondents to their, their, their survey um, were experiencing chronic disruption in their careers, specifically in the supply chain. Uh, the, the question is kind of why, what is driving some of those, those uh, disruptions? I think e-commerce uh, over the last number of years has been one of those uh, driving forces. Um, you know, I think we're still seeing Omnichannel be, struggle to be profitable uh, due to their margin costs. Um, order profiles are changing. Uh, we're moving from a more of a, you know, a pallet flow to piece pick. Uh, our customers, uh, business to business and retail are demanding faster ship shipping, uh, free shipping, especially on the uh, consumer side, which is really eating into, uh, into profits. Uh, and then there's just an ever-increasing amount of competition and choice and product variability uh, that really, really is challenging uh, uh, to manage. Uh, a larger SKU mix, uh, different order frequencies, um, consumers are demanding uh, to get, you know, a more customized product. Business to business is, is leading to more customized product. Uh, and so some of those trends are, are really uh, driving, um, driving a lot of this disruption. So, and there's a lot of, there's still a lot of opportunity on the table. I mean, uh, there's one stat here uh, that, you know, retailers are sitting on about $1.43 in inventory for every dollar of sales. So a lot of excess inventory, figuring out where to put that inventory, how to manage it within the distribution center, uh, within the supply chain. Uh, that sort of inventory distortion, uh, which is like overstocking, stockouts, shrinkouts, or shrinkage, uh, costs the, in the industry uh, an astounding amount of money. Uh, this comes, this number 42 billion comes from a McKinsey study. Um, so where are we right now and where are we, where are we going? Uh, software's here. I think that most people on the webinar, uh, can appreciate that. Uh, you know, every 85% of, of warehouses are using some type of warehouse, warehouse management system. Uh, it's grown, you know, year over year. Uh, and, and I think that we can, we can start with that as a fundamental. Uh, you know, the, the type of warehouse management system uh, and other ex execution systems that people are using vary uh, greatly uh, depending on the size uh, and complexity of the operation. Um, but, but we all, I think, can agree that software uh, is playing an important role um, in the decision-making and, and activity within the warehouse. Uh, I was talking to a, a customer uh, the other day who uh, has five different uh, software systems that manage the core pieces of their warehouse or their distribution center. Uh, there's a, so just a, a plethora of so software out there. Um, cloud is here. Uh, I think that there's been a little bit of resistance occasionally uh, uh, within the supply chain world to move some critical infrastructure to cloud. But I think if you look at uh, uh, some of the forecasts, uh, cloud spending is going to double in the next few years or, or more, um, uh, both public and private. Uh, the Industry is just realizing that it makes sense to, to kind of consolidate some of those compute resources uh, and, and, and kind of lower the IT burden uh, to manage them. So um, the, other, the other, other big technology that really is here uh, is big data. So I know in the last several years, maybe three to five years, uh, there's been a lot of hype and a lot of talk about uh, big data is coming and what is big data. As we walk through some of the technology that we're, uh, that we're going to cover today, um, we'll realize that uh, big data is, is here. All this technology is generating data. We're making data-driven decisions. Uh, the cloud enables us to, uh, to store cheaply and compute large, large amounts of data. Um, everything is moving to a digital future. 
Uh, and yeah, we looked at another another Apex study about kind of about big data, which really was 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 a good overview of kind of where we are and and where we're going with it. Um, and you know, when we at, when when Apex asked uh, uh, members, uh, you know, what areas they could benefit from big data, you know, supply chain management, forecasting, uh, and SNOP uh, were right there at the top. Um, and there's a there's a bit of a variation uh, across the board on, on how people are leveraging this type of data. Uh, but always, I think it's important to be collecting it. Um, so what are we going to cover today? Uh, we want to key in on five technologies that are transforming the industry. We want to start with Internet of Things. Uh, Internet of Things uh, is estimated to be a multi-billion or multi-trillion dollar market uh, in the next several years. Um, basically, and we'll, we're going to cover each of these in, in detail, uh, but uh, Internet of Things are, are connected devices. Um, Robotics. Robotics have been around a long time in the warehousing uh, distribution space, uh, but if you look at the stats uh, and what the market looks like, uh, they think it's going to be almost a 12% compound and annual growth rate. Uh, it's a huge multi-billion dollar market uh, uh, in the next number of years. Um, drones. Well, a lot of interest out there on, on drones and how tapping drones within the warehouse. Uh, I don't know there's been a lot of um, media about uh, drones drone delivery from Amazon um, and, uh, and other other players around the world. Uh, we'll focus a little bit on how we can use drones in, in the warehouse and distribution space and on the yard itself. Uh, and you see this is a, a, a huge growth market as well for the technology. Um, artificial intelligence, something that, that, that we've been really uh, interested in and in applying uh, some of these algorithms and whatnot to uh, warehousing distribution. Uh, Gartner on their trend uh, is the number one tech trend and uh, is artificial intelligence. Every major player uh, in the tech world is looking at this to some degree in a, in a, in a very serious way uh, and we'll get into some of the details, the practical uh, applications of that a little bit later in the presentation. And then uh, augmented reality and virtual reality, uh, another huge market, another uh, interesting trend um, and, and this one, you know, looking a little further out and how, and how this can kind of play into uh, daily operations within the warehouse and uh, within um, distribution centers. So there's a lot of other topics we could have talked on uh, about this, but I think that these are these are five uh, top sort of technologies and trends that um, are important uh, in the in the coming year and coming years um, that we can we can we'll dive into some some applications of these within the warehouse. So starting with the first one, uh, Internet of Things. Um, what is IoT or Industrial Internet of Things, IAOT? Uh, basically, it's just a device, a thing. It could be a forklift, could be an RFID tag, could be a sensor, uh, could be a sensor on a shelf, it could be uh, an RF gun, um, anything that's connected. Uh, and, and basically, it's a, a connected thing uh, to a network. And, that, and there's a lot of different ways we can structure what that Internet of Things looks like. But... Uh, um, Essentially, uh, it's a device with either an IP address or uh, a connection to uh, the internet or to a private network to be able to um, to transmit information. So, what does that mean for a warehouse? Uh, and this actually, some of this isn't isn't new. Um, it's stuff that's been around for a while, uh, but some of the applications and some of the prevalence are new. Uh, and and the technology that's enabled it uh, is, is is getting cheaper and uh, more prevalent uh, in the industry. So we'll walk through kind of three areas that 
IoT can help uh, within your warehouse. Uh, first being asset tracking. So uh, this is kind of the classic, uh, put an RFID tag or a sensor on something and be able to track it uh, in real time or, or near real time. Um, you know, using RF portals or uh, being able to scan it uh, with drones or scan it with, um, with handhelds um, or just have it on a network and, and be able to locate it uh, via some different technology that's out there um, that kind of can, can show where something is. So a lot of uh, the, the adoption of this is kind of kind of vary uh, depending on, on the specific use case. Um, but we've seen uh, some, some startups out there and, and some established companies uh, offer this type of technology to track, you know, large um, large assets like such as like you know, washing machines or dryers, uh, or um, assets on a yard, or uh, expensive assets that you know, are basic inventory that that can justify putting a three cent tag on it um, to make sure that it doesn't get lost. Uh, Next is equipment monitoring, and this is this is the one area that I think um, is kind of classic Internet of Things, uh, and there's a lot of opportunity for us to kind of uh, uh, leverage um, leverage sensor technology and streaming data uh, by monitoring different types of equipment. Um, what type of equipment can we monitor? So think about your conveyors, think about your material handling equipment. Uh, uh, basically, being able to take you know, vibration reads or uh, take um, all the different types of sort of mechanical sensor data uh, that would be important to a maintenance professional. Um, and then uh, and take that stream of data in off of those devices um, in, a, in a passive way, uh, build profiles, and then as we get into some of the algorithm stuff later in the presentation, uh, apply some of that stuff in to do predictive maintenance. Um, and real-time monitoring uh, to make sure that your equipment has has good uptime. Um, there's there's a lot of great work that's been done in the material handling world uh, to try to leverage uh, IoT data um, to uh, plug into you know per, uh, predictive and prescriptive maintenance. Um, I was at uh, a speech by uh, I saw someone talk from UPS the other day. Uh, they're using this type of IoT data on all the all their uh, delivery trucks. Um, pulling data off of different uh, components within the within the truck um, to understand failure rates and understand uh, uh, maintenance issues uh, way before a driver would ever notice them um, and move from just uh, scheduled maintenance to uh, more predictive maintenance. Um, another, uh, so I think actually we have a little, little case study uh, about equipment monitoring, not on material handling equipment, but a different type of material handling equipment, uh, forklifts. So... Well, um, you know, even in a, in a medium-sized warehouse uh, with a number of forklifts, uh, you know, for, they're expensive to repair, they're expensive to maintain. Um, when people run them into things, uh, they damage uh, inventory and, and products. Um, and, uh, and so it's, it's really a great use case uh, for IoT. Um, so basically, uh, most of the major uh, forklift vendors are offering or starting to offer some type of service in this uh, in this area, um, where we can attach a, a sensor device to the forklift uh, to collect data in real time about uh, impacts, uh, to um, uh, collect data in real time about um, productivity. So how often it's driving and how many times uh, it lifted up the, the, the forklift 
um, uh, you know, how many, and then you, and then, um, and then basically uh, take all that information into a platform um, to provide some uh, basic analytics and reporting uh, to help um, uh, better uh, leverage those uh, those assets. So um, in this example, uh, the, the sort of the case study that we pulled, um, they had a 90% reduction in repairs uh, and, and pretty significant uh, uh, productivity gain um, after they uh, basically put the sensors on every uh, forklift uh, truck, um, used uh, that data to track the activity of the different operators, um, and then you know, applied some stuff to look at flicker patterns. Um, to get ahead of maintenance issues, to uh, do corrective actions when people ran, you know, bumped into stuff or, or weren't operating the equipment properly, um, and you know, and, and then basically act on information. Um, so this connected device uh, really, I mean, it really paid for itself um, in, in, in setting up some of this this type of stuff. Um, and also, I'll, I'll note that another nice thing about having a connected device, like especially one like a, a fork trip fork truck, is that um, you can automate some of your maintenance logs and your OSHA logs, so uh, if you ever come and get inspected, uh, you don't get slapped with a, a pretty, a pretty um, significant fine uh, for not manually keeping something, you know, on paper or having those paper logs. So that's that's another selling point I've heard from a, n a number of people in the field about why they they like to connect uh, that type of device. Um, and I think that kind of ties into to the third thing here, which is just improved visibility. So, um, you know, uh, be it uh, tracking assets, be it tracking you know, equipment, be it tracking people, um, the having, uh, having those type of, of elements within your warehouse connected to the network, uh, stream, being able to stream data, um, you know, either continuously or, you know, at different intervals um, into a platform uh, to provide like a more complex or sorry, more comprehensive reporting uh, can just be very, very powerful. So it's one thing when you know, and we, we do a lot in the in the business intelligence data analytics field. Um, it's one thing when I'm I'm pulling data from activity tracking uh, records uh, based on RF scans. It's a whole enough different ball game if you're able to combine that with uh, you know uptime and utilization information coming off of a device, um, you know, or, or truck that 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 operator is driving. Uh, so you can kind of get a picture of. Uh, what was happening between the scans? Um, so scans being the software software that's there, that IoT providing that kind of next step in in, in the in the picture um, and filling in filling in the gaps between it. Um, and then you know there's there's others uh, there's other a couple other use cases right outside of the the warehouse uh, that I think would be uh, beneficial for DC managers and and you know specifically like receiving supervisors and or shipping supervisors. Um, which is uh, connecting the delivery trucks uh, or your vendors' trucks to a network um, where the, where those trucks can actually be um, uh, you know tracked um, over a wider network. Uh, Sigfox is one of the, the leaders um, in, in in setting up sort of this type of infra infrastructure where um, where basically you know a truck is 30 minutes out uh, or an hour out. So uh, kind of moving from just an advanced shipment notice to uh, activating that ASN uh, when that truck is, is about to arrive on the yard, um, uh, either to you know uh, pick up a delivery so or 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 to drop off product uh, from your suppliers. Um, so you know that that connectivity and that improved visibility is really where we're where we're, where we're um, moving, and I think that um, 
I think that that sort of collaboration between vendor and and uh, um, and customer, uh, as, as well as even collaboration with your you know your um, UPS or your uh, FedEx uh, pickup. Um, I mean, it just it just helps kind of close some of the device uh, some close some of the gaps um, and better orchestrate the the flow of product uh, through um, through your warehouse. So uh, it's a lot on IoT. Um, I'm going to kind of bounce through these, and, and I know that there might be some questions um, at the end. Uh, robotics is a is a topic that is kind of interesting. Uh, you know, automated vehicles, um, different types of of ASRS technology. Obviously, conveyors are almost a type of robot. Um, uh, uh, have been around in the industry for a good number of years. Um, but what we're seeing uh, is just an increased uh, demand uh, uh, for um, robotics uh, in the warehouse. You know, labor is one of the n number one costs uh, of operating a distribution center, um, and uh, robotics have come down in price, uh, and engineering has just gotten really, really nice, um, and, uh, and there's a bunch of great new software on the market uh, to help kind of enable robots. Uh, to do things that that weren't weren't really possible um, a number of years ago. Um, specifically, I wanted to, to key in on intelligent and, and connected uh, warehouses. Um, and why? I mean, I guess kind of setting that up. Why? Why are we looking at warehouses? I mean, hiring and retaining a skilled workforce is, is one of the top uh, challenges faced by supply chain executives. So that's both on the management, but then also in a lot of markets um, on the floor. You know, hiring. Uh, quality quality people um, in the it, to work in the warehouse can be challenging as well. Um, and as we shift from uh, all permanent employees to a lot of a lot, there's, a, there's kind of a trend to to move towards uh, more temp workers and more of a variable labor costs. So you call people in when you need them. Uh, you know, it can be it can be challenging to um, kind of uh, train and and, and manage uh, that type of labor force, um, especially if they're only in, in in your warehouse for you know a week or or a couple of days a week, um, you know, kind of depending on what that model, you know, how far you go along that model. Um, so, so that's one reason uh, we're trying to to bring robotics into the warehouse to help um, to help kind of make make sure that the people we are hiring are uh, there for the right reason and, and the right talent, um, you know, and and basically supplement that labor force. Uh, another thing is just the the customer demand. So we talked a little bit about ecom, kind of setting up the conversation. Uh, the the cycle time of the order within the warehouse um, has has increased pretty significantly over a number of years, uh, and sometimes I mean robots can just be lightning lightning fast um, at processing and, and doing a couple of functions. We'll walk through a couple of examples um, in the next few slides, uh, and that and that kind of ties right in with shortening that delivery time. So if you look at those those, those challenges identified by Deloitte and MHI um, and one of their studies, uh, robots are are Clearly, play a role in helping helping sort of meet those challenges. Um, so, as we look at robots, the the autonomous and semi-autonomous robots are, I think, what is kind of leading, um, and that's kind of where where I consider I would encourage people to take a look at. There's a lot of vendors out there, uh, a lot of new startups uh, type vendors that are basically taking that whole concept of a you know driverless car, which is awesome and coming at some point uh, to a road near us, and, and bringing that inside a warehouse. So nice thing about being inside of a distribution center or a warehouse is that uh, it's a lot 
more it's less more straightforward. Uh, it's more controlled environment. Uh, you understand, you know, what what different variables you need to account for. Um, you know, it can have good lines. There's not as much variability as, as there is driving, you know, on on roads, even even um, you know highway roads. Uh, so so taking that type of autonomous vehicle um, uh, technology and bringing it into robots that can do things like uh, basically help with your replenishment or help with your put away or um, or follow someone around uh, as they're picking and, and, and then when that cart's full, uh, go take that cart back to a consolidation location. Um, all that is, is here um, and it's coming very quickly and I think I know people are going to be at ProMat next next week, uh, but I think we'll see a fair amount of that there um, as well. I know that, that we've been seeing some of this on, on the market over the last last year or, to, or two. Um, you know, because it, it's important to, to kind of look at where a lot of the labor spend is um, and activities people are doing when they're when they're working and you know walking or driving across the warehouse or down aisles uh, is a significant uh, portion of that labor spend. Uh, so if if uh, if the the employee in the warehouse can stay um, you know in a more focused area and work on actually doing some of the tasks that are a little bit more challenging, piece picking or what or whatnot, uh, and pick to not necessarily even a conveyor, but maybe need more flexibility, pick to a robot. Um, and, and that can that can really provide some awesome gains. Um, same with just you know receiving uh, product off the dock and then taking it to a you know the end of an aisle to be put up. Uh, so you know um, do we really need someone on a on a forklift dri you know, basically just driving back and forth in a straight line uh, all day long, uh, or can we can we take a robot uh, uh, and and sort of automate that? Um, another interesting thing uh, on the robotics is is packaging. So you know, ecom there's a lot of a lot of challenge to make shipping profitable, and packaging is a, is a piece of that shipping cost. Um, so versus looking at uh, uh, versus looking at the basically the uh, the you know what the product is and having a human try to decide uh, this is the right size box or this is uh, the right type of packaging. Uh, there's some cool new uh, technology on the market um, that basically builds that right size box right for you uh, uh, at the end of uh, a conveyor line, um, uh, and then it can automatically put you know some documentation in that box or a promo material, uh, label it, um, and then kick it out and end ready to go. Um, same with palletizing. I mean, you know, basically, I, I know some of this is, is pretty established. You know, the wrapping stations and whatnot. Um, but uh, but there's some some cool nice new robotics on the market um, to basically automate some of that uh, that consolidation and and and, and packaging. Um, that really, I mean, from what I've seen, and and most of the vendors have some case studies out there uh, pay for themselves. Um, and it's fairly easy in a robotic, you know, when you're looking at uh, you know, at how to use robots on how to quantify that ROI. You see uh, this kind of graph here where um, the uh, there's obviously there's an initial capital cost, um, and sometimes that can be fairly significant. Uh, it kind of depends on the implementation. Um, so there's professional services, some design, you know, actually buying the physical uh, robot, and there's a maintenance cost to it. But you know you subtract out the labor that you're you're basically replacing or saving or not having to hire. Um, so there's all all three of those. Uh, either you're replacing the need for people, you're eliminating uh, a headcount or you're uh, able to ha uh, handle additional growth without hiring. Um, and then, you know, there's a little bit of a, there's a maintenance cost uh, for the robotics uh, or for that material handling equipment. Um, but, uh, you know, it, after it, you hit your break-even point, um, you're just, you know, the cash is, is flowing in the right direction. 
So, um, sort of moving from uh, robots to drones, um, we, uh, I don't know, drones are, are kind of a hot topic. Um, we've gotten a lot of requests uh, about, you know, how can we use drones uh, in the warehouse? Um, uh, and there's, I think, a lot of interest out there uh, um, uh, for this topic. I'll say this, uh, the drone technology is fairly new. Uh, we're working on a, a, a pilot project right now um, to, to use them within the warehouse, uh, and I'll go into, uh, into that a little bit. So I think everyone kind of knows what a drone is, unmanned aerial vehicle, um, autonomous or semi-autonomous. Uh, there's some interesting uh, uh, use cases in, in, in both, both directions. Um, what we've kind of focused in on uh, and looked at uh, one area that we can use drones uh, is uh, having to do with inventory, inventory counting. Um, so, again, in kind of the spirit of uh, eliminating labor um, and uh, and basically helping, uh, just like a robot, a drone uh, is a machine, so there's not a manual, um, a, a person in there uh, is going to read a barcode uh, or use some machine vision to, to make it count. Um, you know, and, and record what it sees. Um, like a robot, uh, uh, like, you know, a scanner, it's not like a human sitting there writing down the numbers. Uh, when you're automating some of these processes, uh, you eliminate that human error factor, uh, you know, fat fingering a number, uh, accidentally skipping a scan, um, uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, we've looked at robot, or we've looked at drones uh, to basically go through um, the cycle counting prog uh, process and start to automate some of that. So specifically in reserve locations and, and in pallet reserve locations, um, you know, uh, there's some limiting factors on the, on the drones um, fly, uh, concerning flight time. Uh, and then, and then what, what we're still seeing is work, being worked out is some of the um, automated flight plan technology. So basically be able to say, hey, set a drone at the end of the aisle and let it do its thing and automatically count. Uh, and record all the um, inventory on on the different pallet, or uh, you know, count and verify the pallets are there in the in each location. Uh, be able to hook that up with a camera to have a visual that would send back to a central system, uh, or integrate with the WMS, um, and uh, and 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 basically accelerate your cycle counting program without adding additional head head count. Um, and then and then really what you're able to do is uh, reallocate some of that, that uh, headcount to actually rectifying issues, um, verifying, um, you know, verifying discrepancies, uh, uh, and, you know, and, and kind of bringing you closer to that 100% uh, accurate inventory picture. Um, the, so that, that's kind of integrating that drone into the cycle counting program itself. Um, there's some other interesting use cases for uh, for just basically flying a drone over a laydown yard um, uh, or in certain areas in the warehouse uh, and being able to pick up a beacon, so an like, IoT device, uh, and read it um, and you know verify the location of a, of, a, of an asset um, on the yard. Uh, so that that kind of also plays in uh, with the yard management use case. Um, so we've seen this feel uh, there's there's uh, a company or two out there um, that uh, that have proven out uh, this technology in, in the yard management space. In the um, inventory counting within the warehouse, I'll say that uh, there's a number of pilot project projects going on. Uh, we're really excited to see some of this um, materialize and mature maybe over the next three to six months. 
uh, and um, and and really be kind of on, the, on that mass market availability where uh, companies can uh, you know uh, buy the drone, set up the flight plan, have sort of the you know the implementation uh, down, and it's going to be just like in my opinion, just like voice picking um, uh, was a number of years ago. Uh, it, at some point, it's going to be like if you're not using a drone, you're missing out um, on the gains, but uh, there's a little bit, a little bit of work still to do to, to um, you know, uh, continue to refine some of those processes and the technology. On the yard management side, um, basically uh, find a drone around the yard to uh, verify trucks to help with the check-in, check-out um, sort of procedures. Uh, it's dangerous on a yard, um, out, you know, outside your warehouse, especially if you have uh, a couple hundred trucks out there to have people um, doing some of this, uh, these activities. So. Um, uh, it's both a safety thing and a productivity thing, um, and then you know an ease uh, and an extra set of eyes that that maybe uh, is more effective than um, than uh, uh, a human uh, to to go around and do some of these sort of observations. Um, another use case we've seen for dealers um, dealerships, uh, or you know, uh, if you think you're a warehouse that manufactures um, uh, golf carts, for instance, uh, uh, you know, being able to uh, Fly a drone up and down uh, the the rows um, of those carts and make sure that uh, they're parked in the appropriate location. So you can combine sort of you could you could do this. I've seen this two ways. One with a drone is, is one idea, uh, or with an IoT device actually hooked onto um, onto that cart uh, and maybe a beacon on each space. Um, then you're kind of automating that uh, that verification of where that that asset is on the, on the yard. Um, so I don't know. I think that drones are, are exciting. I think the the buzz will probably continue to be on on delivery because um, I think consumer fo focused or consumer facing uh, technology are always makes better news. So there's a wider audience. But I think that um, as we look at trying to bring this into the warehouse, we'll see some nice uh, nice uh, gains in productivity. And then you know the um, the ROI on having accurate inventory. Is uh, is pretty significant. You know, you're going to save labor uh, if that inventory is accurate. You're going to save labor in replenishment and picking uh, and management's time going to rectify it. You're going to reduce uh, necessary purchases. You're going to, um, you know, have have a better uh, uh, um, be able to improve your inventory turns. Uh, you know, and kind of reduce uh, write-offs. So, be if you imagine if you could count your warehouse, you know, uh, once a month or once a week um, uh, using a drone versus once every three months or once every six months uh, uh, using people um, and, and, and make that in an automated and, uh, um, and sort of effective uh, manner. Um, so the next topic I want to I kind of move on to is uh, artificial intelligence. Um, there's a lot that we could talk about. I'm going to probably talk for a whole hour just on artificial intelligence itself. Um, but kind of looking at the, the people who had registered for this, I, I know that it's not a very tech-heavy crowd, um, and so I've, I've definitely had the conversation where some warehouse managers just wish they had uh, normal intelligence in, in their operation. Um, so, so what is AI? What is artificial intelligence? What, is, uh, what does the buzzword um, mean? Uh, and, and machine learning being, being part of the artificial intelligence world. Um, basically, it's just computer code uh, to automate tasks that would normally require a human uh, to, to do that task. So um, we use artificial intelligence every day, uh, or a lot of us do, um, probably without even knowing it. Um, so, um, you know, speech recognition, uh, you're, you're talking, you know, Siri on your phone, 
uh, Alexa, um, you know, uh, decision making and recommendation engines, um, you know, when the Amazon uh, 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 recommendation on, oh, maybe you should look this or, or any of the retail sites and e-com sites you're looking at where, um, where they're recommending additional or different products um, beside what you've already clicked or what you're already viewing. Uh, all that is just uh, some, uh, some impressive math and algorithms uh, behind the scenes uh, that, um, that are basically automating uh, some intelligence. Uh, and, and, and that's really what uh, artificial intelligence is. I, um, I think I mentioned earlier, but like if you look at all the top tech companies, uh, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, uh, they, you know, IBM, uh, uh, name them. Um, almost all of them uh, are are producing, putting a lot, a lot of uh, resources, time, and effort, um, and research into uh, uh, really looking at um, artificial intelligence and how they can integrate them into their products, um, and how and 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 kind of the benefit that we get um, from these these large, uh, you know, leading you know, uh, companies uh, put, putting all this uh, effort in this R&D in is that. Um, they publish papers. Uh, their engineers uh, uh, kind of spread that knowledge across the industry. Um, and you know, I would I would challenge any software vendor uh, uh, if they're not seriously thinking about what their strategy is on how they can leverage artificial intelligence uh, as part of their offering. Uh, I think they're really missing the boat um, because because it's it's here and um, and it's it's probably one of the most important. Uh, trends that will probably be not as appreciated by the end user because we'll we'll just be impressed by how things work and the information we get. Um, but from a technology perspective, on the back end, um, uh, is it, really going to be important. Uh, so we have a couple of kind of areas of artificial intelligence, and I'm not going to get into supervised and unsupervised learning. Uh, there's a ton of good courses and good good um, blog posts and uh, how-to uh, information on the website or on the internet. Where you can really kind of learn about like what is it um, from an algorithm perspective and from a design perspective, from a product management perspective, um, but from an operations standpoint, as you know, as a warehouse manager or someone in warehouse and supply chain operations, uh, I think you guys are probably really curious on on where can this play uh, in uh, in our day to day lives. Um, so one area is you know, automated decision making. So there's the whole concept of a wave, you know, taking a batch of orders and releasing them to the floor. Um, that's going away. Uh, that's been going away slowly for a while, but that's definitely going away in the next couple of years um, it, I, and for a couple of reasons. One, uh, that's a lot of rule-based and human intervention. And like we talked about earlier, that order profile changes. And it can change day-to-day, week-to-week, and definitely month-to-month and, and year-over-year. Um, so, you know, an effective uh, release strategy on how you allocate work uh, to the floor um, uh, is a perfect use case for uh, using, um, uh, using, you know, math and algorithms behind the scenes to, to make that happen. Um, and, I, and I work with a lot of warehouses of varying sizes, and, and I think most, uh, most struggle to some degree to kind of uh, refine that process. So it's an exciting, exciting piece there. Uh, slotting um, that still surprises me that that a lot of warehouses don't have like formal slotting software. Uh, you know, slotting's um, kind of rule based and uh, you know linear programming. Uh, you see a, see a big uh, a big opportunity there to be more intelligent about it. Intelligent about about it. Um, forecasting and scheduling is another like no brainer when it comes to um, uh, artificial intelligence. 
So it's all about looking, uh, looking at those patterns, um, looking at the, the signals, uh, you know, and, and then and then applying what is what is on you know really behind the scenes math um, to to look at you know your your forecast both on orders, reorder points, um, scheduling even for for work planning, uh, and, and we're kind of excited about about all three of these. Um, another is uh, exception detection. Um, so. So, and, and you'll see that all three of these kind of relate to some degree um, because, you know, when you're looking, talking about exception detection, uh, what's what's the next logical step to automate decisions based on that exception? Um, so, we talked a little bit about in the IoT uh, section earlier, putting the sensors on, on different types of equipment, be whatever that equipment be. Um, predictive maintenance uh, is, is, is why you would do that, right? So, the, the Internet of Things connected device is creating sometimes a tremendous amount of data um, about, about that asset um, and about that equipment. Uh, artificial intelligence takes that, uh, that data, um, applies, uh, allows the computer to look at it, um, to use that compute power um, to make decisions uh, and, and basically put a prediction uh, in place um, to say, hey, we need to, uh, we need to take this in for service, um, you know, it might not uh, at the appropriate time. Based on uh, based on the information we've collected, um, not just over this device, but over a number of devices over a number of years, um, and I think that kind of bring that kind of brings something to mind is that you know why how this works uh, is is uh, the amount of data that's out there. Um, artificial intelligence works well with large sets of data, um, and there's a lot of different methods uh, to try to take you know medium or smaller sizes of data and sample it, um, and, you know, and, and kind of refine it. But why AI is so important is because big data has arrived. Uh, artificial intel, yeah, so, so basically, I mean, it, it trains on sets of data. Uh, it looks at, it looks at these, the, at the, at the data um, to, to do this. So predictive maintenance is, is a pretty, um, pretty important uh, piece of this uh, for maintaining your equipment within, within the DC. Um, Second, which I think is kind of interesting, is you know um, labor exceptions. So uh, if you think about you know what a normal pattern of someone going through and picking or putting away a product or uh, replenishing is, um, if you kind of think about what that's going to look like, uh, it's going to be a kind of a consistent a consistent pattern if you kind of abstract it. So uh, taking some uh, so basically looking at those patterns and looking for exceptions, uh, not just rule based exceptions because you can always come up with a new rule. Um, which is why, which is the difference between artificial intelligence and just like normal rule-based sort of um, algorithms, uh, is that artificial intelligence starts to build those rules itself uh, based on um, based on the types of inputs that are there. Um, and then, then a third one is kind of looking at uh, you know transportation uh, charges. So um, those are all your different uh, you know ancillary charges when uh, basically you're you're auditing um, for different freight bills. Uh, so um, I'm not sure. I know there's a lot of companies out there that specialize in, in auditing uh, your freight um, and you know what UPS, FedEx charge you. Um, that's pretty established. I mean, I think that if you aren't doing that, you're definitely missing out on gains. So that's pretty pretty established uh, um, in the industry. Uh, I see uh, artificial intelligence uh, making that a little more accessible, and, and you know, and, and sort of to change the game. Um, uh, for some of those uh, more closely held sort of techniques. Um, and then third is pattern recognition. So if you look at these, they're all somewhat related and there's different types of artificial intelligence and machine learning, which 
is a subset of, of artificial intelligence um, that, uh, that that kind of fall into each of these. Um, but pattern recognition, uh, two areas that, that, that we've been excited to kind of be working on um, is just automating uh, root cause analysis um, uh, for order shortages and for inventory adjustments. So if you think about it, um, you know, how much time uh, how much time uh, you could spend uh, um, just looking through every exception that happens within a warehouse, even if you have a 98% fill, if you're, if you're shipping you know, thousands of lines out the door, uh, that's, serious, that's serious money um, or serious uh, waste of labor that, you, that you're missing out on uh, if, if, you're, if, you're, um, uh, if you're not getting to that 100%. Um, and it's difficult to get to really a truly 100%. Um, but instead of having a human review a lot of a lot of this data and a lot of this information, uh, artificial intelligence and, and different algorithms are are able to take that in, um, apply uh, you know apply those algorithms and then uh, and then start to classify uh, and cluster uh, and and better understand what what's happening um, uh, with those exceptions. Uh, so it's it's a pretty I mean I, it's. It's here. Uh, the technology and algorithms are, are here, and they're getting better every year, every month. Um, software vendors have the varied degrees of, of, of what they're able to do, um, you know, out of their product. I know when you put in a WMS, you know, usually it doesn't change much for for five to ten years. Um, so, you know, if you look at other other outside of uh, outside solutions to kind of help with this, that that would feed this information back to the operations um, team. Uh, I, I think that's kind of where we see like how do we get AI in our warehouse. Um, you know, uh, and it sort of takes a lot of collaboration between um, uh, kind of IT uh, and in operations. So, um, you know, a computer scientist, a data scientist is only going to be able to build a model um, if they have uh, good feedback working in tandem with uh, their um, their operations people are actually going to use the output of that model and understand what, what is being put into it. Um, so there's a fair amount of work that, you know, that we've done over, uh, over the last year and year or two to um, kind of look at where these different algorithms can fit into these specific use cases. And I hope this is kind of useful to kind of stir stir your thoughts about what, um, uh, you know, what, where, where these can fit into uh, to your operation. So um, augmented reality is the last thing we'll touch on. Um, I think that uh, there's, this is an interesting topic. Um, I think VR is really fun if you're a gamer or if you want to do it in the consumer world. Um, looking at where augmented reality and virtual reality uh, play play into the warehouse, uh, there's just really two key areas that, that I've seen um, uh, that are out there. Um, augmented reality being um, like a computer projecting an image onto a, you know, a, a pair of glasses that you're wearing, um, over a view of your real world, and VR being uh, you know, put on a, a, a headset and you're in a different world. Um, so from augmented reality, kind of looking at context-sensitive information, um, you can see a guy here wearing the glasses, uh, basically in a picking and receiving, um, or coming up to a beacon and be able to see some type of information displayed to that that user that they're able to act on. Um, DHL has been doing, uh, I think, if you, if you if you kind of Google that, uh, they've been doing some cool research on some some of their facilities um, on how they can uh, use um, uh, this type of augmented reality to help improve. Um, improve processes within within the warehouse. Um, basically, just like voice, your your I mean, voice you could almost argue is kind of an augmented reality because uh, you're you're removing you know you're at you're adding additional context. Computers actually adding additional context to the physical world that you're interacting with. 
um, you know, you're freeing up your hands, you're able to, to uh, achieve tasks quicker, you're able to get the right information uh, in front of you at the right time in the right place. Uh, if you're interacting with connected devices, I mean, you can kind of see how a, uh, a software system can, can serve you the, uh, the right information when you need to know it, um, you know, from a safety perspective, from a productivity perspective, uh, there's some, some interesting stuff in, in what AR looks like. Uh, I'm probably going to cheat AR uh, and VR out of, out of the time, um, but I wanted to touch on it because I, I think it's an exciting, um, some exciting technology that definitely gets a lot of buzz. Um, from a virtual reality perspective, it's going to be a little different. Um, I would say probably in in the warehouse, um, and I don't know if, if, if you have not played with virtual reality at some point, find an opportunity to do it. Um, it there's, it's really cool technology. Uh, from uh, from a day-to-day -day operation standpoint, I'm not sure I see virtual reality playing that role at this moment um, until maybe you can stand in a virtual reality uh, uh, depiction of, of the, um, the building that you're in uh, and then manipulate things in virtual reality that trigger things that happen in, in reality. Um, I would say that uh, that doesn't seem to be there and uh, actually feasible right now. But if we look a number of years out, that could definitely be the case. Um, where we see VR uh, uh, playing an uh, important role is just in the design and planning phases. So if you're building out in addition to a warehouse uh, or uh, a new greenfield facility um, and your architect hasn't or, or your engineering firm hasn't put together uh, a, um, a virtual reality sort of uh, presentation on, on what that's going to look like and how you're going to interact with it, uh, the technology is there and, and the prices come down significantly over the last uh, year or two um, and uh, I, would, I would really consider uh, when you're approaching those type of projects to um, thinking about how you can uh, build that into your, your um, project plan uh, just to help make sure that you're validating that design uh, is a whole different experience looking at something on a CAD drawing than it is walking around in it um, in a virtual reality world. Uh, you know, you can think about how you're going to flow through the, through the facility how um, your material handling equipment will be set up and how product will flow on that equipment um, and, uh, and, 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 and all that. So as I kind of wrap up and give us find some questions, um, you know, what's next? Uh, and, and I apologize, kind of having to, to run through a number of these technologies fairly quickly. We could spend an hour on each of them, but I think it's important just to see that each of these are, are available uh, and, um, and kind of where they're going to fit in your operation. So, so what's next? Convergence, um, bringing all this together. I, I, as we kind of walked through, you saw how the IoT and the robots and the drones and AI all fit together. Um, you know, using the data from these different things uh, to act on uh, act on stuff. Uh, that convergence and interconnected uh, systems is where things are are, are moving. Uh, we're very excited to see 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 what that looks like within the warehouse. And then think interconnected systems. Um, you're even thinking uh, better collaboration with your suppliers and your vendors or your customers. Um, taking data from connected devices or um, uh, to, you know, to better uh, in, inform what's happening in your warehouse. Um, and a lot of the new technology uh, and, and one of our big philosophies uh, is predicated on an open architecture and open APIs. So uh, being able to easily uh, have different solutions from different vendors talk to each other, I think is very important. And we're looking at your uh, warehouse management or your warehouse execution system or warehouse control system uh, selection, take this into account. Can it interact interact with a robot? Can it interact with a drone? Can it interact with a, uh, a specialized piece of software that has some really nice algorithms in it uh, to do predictions and, 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 and deliver insights? Uh, you know, can it take a task from, an, from one of those systems and, and work that into their workflow? 
um, I think that I think that it's important to to kind of think about how these different systems and devices and software solutions and hardware solutions are going to talk to each other in a secure way, um, uh, but it also in, in a way that they can share information and you know and basically uh, build on each other's strengths. So um, that was a lot, uh, and um, I don't know if we have a couple questions, Scott. Uh, happy to answer them, um, and also happy to uh, follow up offline. Um, uh, obviously, you get the slides, but uh, uh, this is kind of what we think about all day long is how we can bring this tech into the warehouse, and uh, and it's an exciting time to be in. I'll say that. Terrific. Thanks, Colton. Really appreciate your presentation today. We've got uh, four or five questions already submitted. Uh, we're just adding a few others. Uh, so uh, to our audience, we'll take the next few minutes. We'll probably tackle two or three. And as Colton mentioned, uh, we certainly encourage you to reach out to Colton directly, compare notes, and uh, uh, let him serve as a resource. Him and his team serve as a resource for you. So uh, Colton, first question comes from Eric. Do you see blockchain tech coming into the warehouse space anytime soon? Uh, I love blockchain. We're working on some stuff with blockchain. I didn't put it in put this in the presentation only because uh, a I saw a good presentation the other day. I can't remember if it was Apex or not about blockchain, but b I see a lot of the blockchain about tracking um, tracking assets and verifying assets uh, uh, through the supply chain. So connecting uh, suppliers and warehouses and different nodes in your in your supply chain. Um, I think that if you look at blockchain smart contracts, um, so basically when you receive something in your warehouse or um, uh, being able to uh, leverage some blockchain technology and smart contracts um, to automate the release of payment for that receipt. Uh, that's that's one use case that would touch a, a warehouse. Um, I'm not sure as a warehouse operator you would even know that was happening though, uh, if that would affect your day-to-day -day life. Um, I think that if you look at how we've, we've looked at some ways to use blockchain to audit um, and you know basically have an, uh, an immutable um, sort of record of, of something happening. Uh, so maybe we could you could write a hash of um, you know all of your cycle counts uh, into uh, into blockchain so that you could do that for auditing purposes. If you have like controlled substances or highly you know regulated products, um, I could see that being important. Although that might still be more of an IT versus an operations um, uh, role. Uh, you know, as an as an operator, you might not really care how that how that happens. You just know that your auditors can get you know a, a record of what happened within that that warehouse operation. Great. Great question, Eric. Thanks for your perspective there, Colton. Uh, next question comes from Gilberto. Warehouse design simulation. Which vendors are available today with actual projects delivered? Hmm, I I would have to get back to you on that one. Uh, there are a number of the big engineering firms ha have that type of information or have design simula simulation. I, I don't yeah, I'll have to get back to you. Um, I wish I wrote down a list of a couple of people I've talked to about it, um, but uh, but I do know that the, both the simulation and the VR are out there. Um, we we work right out, you know, right near Georgia Tech, and, and I've sat down with a couple of companies. I'm just blanking on their names uh, here in Atlanta that um, that have some cool stuff uh, uh, in that space. Um, not always for the warehouse, but it, a warehouse is similar to building an apartment complex, so um, you can model a building and 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 look at some of that. So um, great. Yeah, sorry, I don't have a list. Not a problem. Uh, Gilberto, we'll, we'll see if we can't follow up with you on that question. Thanks, Colton. I appreciate that. Uh, next question comes from Lucy. Uh, can you direct me to some of the detail cases of using drones for inventory cycle count? 
I would like to do that in June when we finish uh, working on one of these uh, detailed <laughs> cases. Um, I There's a lot of interest in there, and I've talked to a lot of companies about this. Um, I've looked for some other, other use cases out there, uh, and I've spoken to some people that have tried using drones um, on their own. Uh, and there's been some challenges. Um, you know, I, I spoke to someone the other week uh, in a cold storage uh, facility, and uh, the air conditioning uh, was blowing the drones out of the sky. Uh, out of the out of the air, so you know, like there's been some challenges trying to uh, operationalize this. We're working on something with an automated uh, flight plan uh, um, with a, with a, uh, the the drone manufacturer itself um, to kind of integrate this and, and prove it out over the next couple months. Um, so I think stay tuned, um, and we'll we should see that in the next three to six months, hopefully. Um, I last year Walmart started to pilot. Uh, I kind of expected by this year in about June. I kind of expected to see something published uh, based on those pilots, uh, you know, earlier earlier this year, um, but uh, maybe they're still working on it, um, or maybe they haven't wanted to share it yet. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's coming soon. Great. Thank you, Colton, and thank you, Lucy, for the question. So we're, we're going to stop Q&A there. Uh, Joseph and Shrinivas, Joshua and Chuck, uh, we will uh, follow up with you on your questions you submitted and, and see uh, if we can gain Colton's perspective after our session today. So y'all y'all sit tight. Um, again, really appreciate the opportunity to, to take a deeper dive on all of these items here today, Colton. Um, before we wrap up today, uh, we have a special guest in Miss Sandy Lake. Uh, Sandy is with the Georgia Center of Innovation for Logistics and is also an APIC certified supply chain professional. Uh, Colton Griffin has been invited to participate as an exhibitor in the upcoming Georgia Logistics Summit. Uh, and Sandy would like to share a few details with us today about the summit. Sandy, are you with us? Yes. Hi. Thank you, Scott. Hello, everybody. Um, I would like to extend a special invitation from the Georgia Center of Innovation for Logistics to uh, APEX members and today's webinar participants to attend the 2017 Georgia Logistics Summit, May 16th and 17th in downtown Atlanta. <clears throat> this event brings together all aspects of the logistics industry. And last year, we welcomed nearly 1,500 attendees and heard from more than 50 speakers ranging from prominent shippers, industry experts, logistics providers, and uh, public sector leadership. And what attendees tell us is that what separates the Georgia Logistics Summit from other conferences is the quality of information that attendees can expect to absorb over the two-day conference. Uh, the summit allows industry professionals to gain knowledge about logistics best practices, overall industry trends, and what's occurring in each sector of the industry. This year's Georgia Logistics Summit is bringing you more technology-focused sessions than ever before. You can hear from companies like UPS, uh, IBM Watson, Freightliner, The Home Depot, Smart Gladiator, Bosch, Walmart, ThingTech, and others about where and how technology is being deployed by leaders in today's digital supply chain revolution. We've also added our first ever logistics tech showcase, and that's where you can meet Colton and companies like WM Site, who will display their innovations that are transforming the world of logistics and supply chain, just like Colton talked about today. Um, the summit experience affords tremendous networking opportunities and will also feature Sandra McWillan, who's Senior Vice President and Chief Supply Chain Officer for Kimberly-Clark Corporation, as our closing keynote. 
So I would encourage you not to miss this opportunity to connect, compete, and grow March, uh, I'm sorry, May 16th and 17th at the Georgia World Congress Center. This is simply just one of the best value, largest logistics events in the country. Uh, to register, you see it here on your screen, go to summit.georgialogistics.com. Admission is only $120 until April the 25th, and I hope to see you there. Thanks so much. Terrific. Thanks, Sandy. And, and I'll tell you, uh, if we wonder why the Georgia uh, industry and the economy is doing so well, on one hand, you've got uh, excellent uh, technology and leadership talent, entrepreneurial talent such as Colton Griffin and, and WM Site on one hand, and on the other hand, uh, the state uh, and really a neat public and private partnership has established these centers for innovation throughout the state, which are terrific resources for uh, local industry. So special thanks to Colton and Sandy uh, for all that you do for our local uh, industry and, and uh, the local market. Okay, so um, again, we were, one of the other questions we were asked about a couple times is about the presentation from Colton today. So we'll, we will, uh, in the next few days, we'll get that from Colton as a PDF and we'll disseminate that to all of our registrants. So that's, that's forthcoming along with the recording of the session. So we're going to wrap up on just a couple of final items. First, if you're in the Atlanta area, we'd welcome you to join us uh, at the next APEX Atlanta dinner meeting on April 18th at UPS World Headquarters. Uh, details and registration can be found at apexatlanta.org. Secondly, we hope you'll join us for the next Southeast District webinar um, uh, featuring uh, the fine folks from the Shingo Institute. Uh, on April 4th at 11 a.m., we're going to be featuring an overview of the Shingo assessment. So many of you may recognize that Atlanta is hosting the 29th International Shingo Conference uh, on April 24th through the 28th. So we welcome you all to, to join us for the webinar. We'll, they'll, they'll feature a couple details around the conference and, of course, join us here in Atlanta for the International Shingo Conference in April. Uh, and details on that webinar can be found at apixsoutheast.org. We'll also include a note in our follow-up communications to our uh, attendees here today. So, uh, and finally, as always, feel free to reach out to me if there's anything we can do to serve as a resource for you and your organization. Colton, hey, before we wrap up, any final thoughts? Uh, I just appreciate you uh, allowing us the opportunity to present. I'm happy to have this conversation anytime. Uh, we're excited. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, I'd love to hear from people on the webinar, uh, you know, how you guys might be using some of this technology um, and what's working for you. So uh, I think that sharing that information is always always beneficial to the industry as a whole. Um, so I'd love to love to hear thoughts on, on, on where some people are with some of this stuff. So Terrific. Thank you. Thank you, Colton. So big thanks to Colton Griffin for today's presentation. Be sure to check out his blog at wmsite.com. Great information there. Special thanks to our guest, Sandy Lake, and the Georgia Centers for Innovation. Be sure to check out the uh, bigger and, and better than ever before Georgia Logistics Summit. And, of course, a big thank you to our audience for joining us. So have a great afternoon, everybody, and we hope to speak with you again soon.